Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What's going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. We're continuing our series of talking to different elements of the diesel community about the future of trucks and performance. And today we're going to be focusing more on the race side. And we're joined by Trent Hibbard, and he's an avid racer, he's a diesel shop owner. And we're going to be jumping into the topic of how can we separate daily drivers from race trucks and keep the race community and, and the opportunities that are there, whether it's drag racing or sled pulling still there and still viable with everything that's going on. So we want to encourage you guys, if you're listening to us on YouTube or see us on social media, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube or follow us on social media for the latest information, the latest podcasts. We're, we're working really hard and getting a ton of different guests onto the podcast to, to provide different perspectives on, on things that are changing and, and ways that we can emerge from it and be able to keep this passion and excitement that we have for diesel performance. All right, let's get to the podcast with Trent and talking about diesel racing and separating it from daily drivers. Trent, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today and talk uh, diesel performance, race trucks, and current events and everything that, that's going on. Yeah, it should be a good combo. <laughs> I wanted to start by having you tell us a bit about uh, about your, your shop and, and your passion with diesel performance, what kind of truck and, and trucks that you have and, and kind of how you got bitten by the diesel bug oh man it's a it's a long story but in short um my name's trent and i own a diesel repair shop in western colorado with a gentleman named ryan hall it's called ryan's diesel repair um we specialize in automatic transmissions and any any diesel repair um i bought a diesel pickup when i was a high school kid because everybody had one and it was kind of a cool deal and uh, i towed a lot of trailers around and ended up buying a 2005 Dodge and just loved it. Um, and it just kind of progressed as parts broke. I upgraded parts and, uh, this year we went 10, one at 140 uh, in Colorado's elevation, which wasn't too bad. And then we ran into some mechanical issues, but, um, my passion just kind of grew from having a daily driver to a full blown race truck. And, uh, it's been a long, tough, hard journey, but I enjoy it and helping customers and showing people that we uh, have the ability to make a six, 7,000-pound truck keep up with the gasters is always uh, driving me. That process of having a, a daily driver, maybe it starts as just something to drive from point A to point B or, you know, we use it for work or maybe towing a trailer, going camping, things like that, to, hey, something breaks, I'm going to upgrade it. Um, hey, I want a little bit more power during this use. I'm going to do this. And then it keeps going. And then you have almost that definitive moment where 
you have to ask yourself like do i need a second truck now or what am i going to do with with the with the vehicle when did you kind of hit that point where say with this truck you said hey i need to i need to focus this on what i'm going to do with the track um, whether you know drag racing um, things like that and i need to get a second vehicle so i can you know go on road trips and daily drive it and, and do those things uh it was about so i i'd I'd had the truck for about eight years, and it was just getting kind of out of hand. It was about when it hit that four-digit number that it was uh, mainly just kind of a guessing game on what what was going to give you an issue. Um, And being a racer, when NHRDA was still around, I traveled all over, and I used to drive the truck to Phoenix, Denver, St. Louis, any of the events they had, race and then drive home. Uh, and there was a few times there where I raced and didn't quite get to drive home. Um, and it actually kind of became sort of a headache logistically on how, how am I going to get home from Phoenix with my truck broken? Right. So I, I started for about a season. I would tow a 20 foot car hauler behind my race truck down to the events. So then at least if I broke, all I had to do is find a buddy with a truck, not a truck and a trailer. Um, I already had my own trailer. I did that for a season, and it worked out pretty decent. Um, was headed over to Diesels on the Mountain and ended up uh, having some stuff break and um, didn't take my trailer. And that's kind of when I realized that I broke down in my own state about four hours away, um, <laughs> and I need to get something else. So two years ago, I went out and I got a 2011 uh, 2500 that I used to tow. I've also went out and got an enclosed race trailer to put my truck in and kind of keep it in and store it in in the winter and in the off season. Um, that way it wasn't cluttering up my shop or anything else. And that's kind of how it spiraled. And uh, I end up with a new daily. Um, it gets super stressful um, wondering how you're going to get to work after a weekend of what was supposed to be fun when you break your vehicle. So that's kind of what made me push to getting a new daily. You know, with racing and, and some things that uh, over the years we've heard racers tell us is there's there's a few different challenges. One is, you know, the, the truck itself and, and dialing it in, but then also maintaining it and, and having a support structure if you have questions or you want to try something new. And you would mentioned um, before the podcast working with BD Diesel and their race team. And I wanted to ask you about that. What kind of advantages and, and support does that provide you as, as someone who's you know racing and, and taking your truck to, to different events and racetracks and, and competing out there? Yeah. So BD, um, I have a few companies that help me. BD is hands down the biggest one. Um, I've been a racer on their race team for about four years. Brian and Georgina and Dan and all the guys up there are just fantastic. Um, they've, given me the opportunity to ask them questions that they have possibly had to answer for other racers and other people they've dealt with, such as Derek Rose and some of the bigger names, you know, I'm just a a smaller shop and a smaller setting here. And in Western Colorado, we don't really have as many options as some of these other places. So being able to reach out and I run one of their transmissions that we went through here, but it's all of their parts. And then I run a new hi-fi converter and I run their CP3s and just having the ability to um, call up somebody that not only has knowledge 
of the part themselves, but of the manufacturing process behind the part, um, I think is super critical. And um, I would say the only reason I'm at where I'm at is because of people like Brian and Georgina and those guys reaching out. You know, some of my best friends in the diesel industry are BD race team guys because we're all just kind of there to help each other and spit back and forth. Um, and that's kind of how racing is. It's always been that way. I used to race gas vehicles when I was younger, and it's all about a family. And I think BD and some other companies are really good at incorporating you and including you in their family. Um, and it benefits you. Um to even not even financially, but more so to have the technical advice. Um, they just have the ability to have access to so many more things than your average small shop guy or guy getting into racing. I think the um, you know the manufacturing part and the the science and engineering behind it is so crucial because it we've heard it from a lot of, of different BD racers that we've had on like Derek Rose and and a bunch of other guys is you know you can call them up and ask them a question and they get you the answer because they make the part or, you know, they build something around a part. And while we're on the, the topic of racing, that's kind of something that, uh, you know, has really come to the forefront recently with say, you know, some clarifications on what is, what is a race vehicle? What can be done to a vehicle um, with, with what the EPA has said and I really wanted to chat with you about that as far as, you know, being a racer, having a passion for it, loving to do it. What are some thoughts or, or questions or th- you know, things that you're looking for now in today's climate with what they've said and then the, the motorsport of diesel racing? Yeah, it's as we talked before, you know, there is so much gray area right now and uh, really sorting through what is a legitimate email or what is the most up-to-date information um, that we're, we're actually receiving from the EPA. You know, I see lots of times on Facebook or social media, uh, you'll hear about something, but that has already happened in the past. You know, that's something that might be two years old. It's not new news. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff now is becoming more towards it's more current and news and it's not something we didn't all see coming down the pipe, but nobody really knows even now what the, what it's actually going to come to once it's all said and done. Like, what does it mean? I know a big topic right now is the EPA stating that if a vehicle wasn't designed for racing, then it falls under the act of not being able to race. I don't care if you're using your, 2008 truck for a Baja vehicle or a drag racing truck only, even if it's not plated and insured. Um, as of recently, it has appeared that they're going to kind of try to go after those people um, from modifying a vehicle that wasn't designed um, for that application. For us racers, um, it basically means that they're looking at anybody that turned a pickup into a race vehicle. Um, not so much your dragsters and stuff like that. Like if it's a custom tube chassis, they're not going to come after it because it was designed for racing. Um, but there's just so much gray area there. It's, it's really hard to sort through at this point in time. I think social media has made, uh, 
a mountain out of a molehill in certain areas, but also informed people in certain areas that they may might not have known um, prior. But sorting through what's legitimate and what's not is no different than any other media we have right now um, to what's actual truth and what's what they want you to think is the truth. Um, I think as a racer, our biggest benefit is going to be having these companies such as SEMA and PRI and some of the racing industry leaders go into bat for these race vehicles. Um, I think the day of the daily driver that goes and runs ridiculously fast times is going to slowly come to an end. Uh, I think that's something they've looked at a lot is a bunch of guys were just like me, you know, you pop your truck up and you want to drive it to the track because that's, that's a true testament of how sturdy your build is and how the longevity of your build. Um, but I think it's also drawn a lot of attention to these guys that are taking vehicles, they're telling us they're for off-road use only, which might be their main use, and then putting them on the street. Um, and that, I think, is going to be something that you're going to slowly see die away and it's going to come to dedicated race only. You're going to end up, whether or not it's titled differently or whatever it is, um, to basically make it a vehicle that's just not allowed on the street. One of the, the things that I've seen, and has it just been from diesel, like say, you know, I used to go to um, Bandemir Speedway a lot, and say you go to like a test and tune or something, you know, like during the week, and you go out there and you'll see a handful of diesel trucks, maybe five, maybe ten, there's also a ton of gas vehicles there. And some of them are just, you know, the person taking their vehicle out the first time. But there's also some other cars or, or you know, gas trucks or, or different things where they're running really fast. And in a way, it, it brings together not just the, the kind of part of diesel performance, but also just racing in general. And I think it's, it's struck such a chord because it's at the core of what, I think society's been since probably the muscle car days is it was always that idea to have that, that daily driver that was really fast that you could take to the track, drive home, park in the driveway, park in the garage and you take it to shows, things like that. So it's, it's something that is so passionate and, and I think crucial to automotive enthusiasts. But what you talked about specifically was, yeah, for a long time, it was like that. It was, you know, have a truck that runs tens or 11s or 12s. And drive it to the track and then drive it home and go use it for work or, you know, take it on a trip. And it's, it's come to that point, like you said, where it's, it's going to change and we're all just wondering to what extent or what's, what's the process for being able to take, you know, a non custom chassis billet block, um, vehicle and be able to race it. Yeah, I think the hardest part about all of it is is there's just so much unknown. Um, the diesel industry has progressed so much, even over the last 10 years, um, that back in the day, you'd take your 12-valve, you'd turn it up, it was going to be smoky, and it might make 400, 450 horse. Nowadays, you know, I think Ford just released their new trucks, 475 horse, and a thousand fifty foot pounds um, from the factory, and so I think what started most of this stuff was everybody needing a little bit more power and wanting a little bit more power. And we all know that a cranked up twelve valve is not going to be clean. 
Um, it's just not an option where this new Ford that's going to make the identical power that that 12-valve did, that mechanical truck, right off the factory line, um, I think has also changed a lot of the industry um, as a whole. You know, it seems as the emissions equipment, it's initially in 07, 05, all that type of stuff for us diesel guys. It was so new and extremely problematic that everybody's go-to was, well, let's get rid of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it seems like in these newer vehicles, especially 13 and up, uh, in the Dodge platform, which is where I spend most of my, my time, you know, there you can make really good power, really good clean power out of a truck that's still emissions intact. You know, and I think that maybe that's a route we go, but that still doesn't solve the racing side of it. If I want to go buy a 2013 single cab and gut it and back half it and put an engine in it uh, that makes some real steam, basically right now that it's leaning towards we're not going to be able to do stuff like that anymore. And it's such a gray area, and like you said, it's been around for so long, I don't, I don't know how they could do away with it. You know, with the racing side of stuff, I just think that it's going to come down more to what what your state has in regulations, you know. Um, you're on the east side of Colorado, and you guys have emissions and all the stuff. I'm on the west side of the state, and we don't. Um, but with all the new stuff, especially in Colorado, where we're from, coming down the pipe, trying to be like California and follow carb laws, um, it's going to be very, very interesting. You know, the gas world's been doing it for years. I think the big thing that has helped them is they got on to this stuff before social media was around. Social media, you can portray whatever you want on one side when it might not be actual fact on the other side. And I think that that's caused a lot of uh, red flags and them to start looking at the diesel guys more. You know, you have a guy tell you it's for off-road use only and then he posts a picture on his Instagram of him going down the interstate doing a full burnout. Um, It's kind of a back-and-forth situation and they're looking at us mainly. I feel like the smoke um, is just a big red flag, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's something you can just visually see really quick where on another, you know, say on a gas vehicle, it might not be as easy to see, um, but but it's there. And I think I think that the, the biggest thing that, that I have, have read and kind of the, 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 sent, the sentiment of it is how or in what ways can racers and companies and organizations and media outlets and consumers truck owners the truck owners are the largest group of any of uh, of any of us is what kind of roadmap can there be to be able to say okay if you want to do this with your vehicle this is the process you have to go through to do it and i think that's that's where a lot of attention is being turned now and we don't have the answers but what's what's refreshing is to be able to see so many different entities right now will be able to come together and say, Hey, let's talk about this. How can we do this? Um, there has to be a way to separate the two separate, you know, the truck that's driven on the street every day. Like you mentioned with the power, like, yeah, that 475 horsepower at the crank 
was something that you know through the 12 valve and the vp44 trucks like you had to add some some aftermarket parts to be able to do that well now you can go get a brand new truck with the most tow rating that they've ever had and have a factory warranty and the companies that are out there that are, are are getting you know testing and certification on their air intakes or tuning the different things that they do well that 475 could be 550 it could be 530 you know who knows exactly where it's going to fall but there is sort of that part of uh, i think of what's going on but then also where it's completely separate like that you know that 2013 that you mentioned and what process do you have to go through to make that a race vehicle yeah and i you know i don't really know because they haven't done it in any market whether or not it's the gas market or the diesel market we we don't know how they're going to handle it but i think some of these big players you know you see all these large tuning companies just not not offering the ability to to delete a truck or remove emissions equipment or as in this year we came down the pipe with certain exhaust companies not even shipping to the u.s anymore um like we had kind of discussed before i think one big thing that the truck owner and the consumer themselves have to look at is like we talked at the beginning of this you know going on social media and asking the best place to get a delete tune and exhaust and the whole setup is no different than going on social media and trying to buy a unregistered fully automatic assault rifle or buy drugs or it's just as illegal it's no different and i think getting the consumer to realize that um is going to be a critical part too i don't think a lot of shops um and or a lot of these newer diesel shops they don't push the customer to say hey this is illegal like this isn't something you want to do you know you get the phone call of hey, my buddy's buddy's buddy says my only option to make this truck run right is delete it. And sadly enough, that's not the case, you know. Um, there is ability out there to even certain companies are coming out with aftermarket um, BPFs and SCRs and different parts, you know. Uh, the, the technology has come a long way from the first 07 and a half with a DPF on it, you know. That's true. I think educating the cut, the consumer that, hey, your old truck or your buddy's truck that's 10 years old, yeah, it might have been a better option for him at that point in time, but even the manufacturers of the vehicles are upping the power to where everybody's wanting them and making sure that 9 out of 10 people aren't going to need more than 475 horse at the crank, you know, to tow yeah. trailer. Yeah, and it and it doesn't stop either at 475. That's kind of the exciting part of it too. Like, you know, I think back to 2007 and a half, 2008, it was almost like, and this is just from an enthusiast standpoint, it was like, okay, the emissions rules changed, and now, you know, you're not you're not buying a five nine, you're buying a six seven, and it has this EGR and DPF on it, and there was a struggle with, you know, what what's going on with the O2 sensors? Why is EGR valve, you know? having this issue why am i getting these codes but through the years the systems have gotten better they have gotten more efficient to the point that you know probably pretty soon we're going to see one at 500 horsepower and probably a little bit over that and it's just it keeps you know because ford and gm and ram they're competing They, they want those numbers and that's the exciting part is we're not buying 165 or 185 horsepower diesels anymore and 
I think for the future, that's something that as enthusiasts, we all love that. We all love to see it. And, and I really do hope, you know, moving forward with the people, the companies, the organizations that are out there, that there is a roadmap that's established or clarification that's provided on the racing aspect because there's there's a lot of people, a lot of jobs, um, a lot of you know passion and excitement and good people that that love to race. It, it brings people together, and we don't want to see that go away in any form. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the racing community is basically like a family. You know, some of my best friends are because we've raced you know and it's just like any other hobby that somebody has whether or not it's you like horses and you meet a bunch of friends who do horses or whatever the hobby is is and there's so many people that have invested their lives and passion into the racing side and also tried to abide by laws based on if you're going to race it you're not going to street drive it if it's not going to pass emissions tests we're not going to release tuning for it. You know, that's been a, a big lean now is towards the compliant tuning. That's not just emissions intact, but actually compliant to the, to the readings the EPA wants. That's a huge thing. And that that's like, I, I've been thinking about that too, is like, as a consumer, you want to make sure when you buy it, it's not just, Hey, your truck will run with everything on it in this tune. No, like I want to know, that, you know, especially with more areas going to diesel emissions testing that, Hey, I have this tune on, I I know it doesn't produce any more emissions than what my vehicle's rated for when it was designed and manufactured. And that confidence it's there running tuning like that. Yeah. And you see a bunch of guys, you know, we chatted about BD prior, you know, they have an iron horn kit happens to be one of my favorite kits to install for customers that have BGT turbo issues. Um, they get a better exhaust brake if they run an inline brake, and they get a better turbo option by going to a good Borg turbo. And if you notice on even their kits, back to the manufacturer's standpoint, they still allow it to run the EGR. You know, it's still designed to have the factory exhaust bolted to it. Um, where five, ten years ago, we were all still out pulling turbos off of Komatsu excavators and trying to fab them in places, you know? <laughs> so I think the manufacturing um, leaning towards that uh, stuff is really big. Um, Lenny Reed also supports me on my race truck with Dynamite Diesel Performance, you know, and they're even coming out with eco injectors. Yeah, they're a little bit modified, but your mileage is better, your opacity readings are lower, you know, and they're actually trying to come up with ways to make these trucks create more power but stay just as efficient or as clean as they are from the factory and it's not just it's not just one company out there doing it i think everybody is you know really leaning towards the factory idea you look at fleece's lift pump you can look under any truck with a fleece lift pump and you'll never know it's there you know and i think that's going to be a big market is uh being able to do better than the factory did but still meet the laws that were required to that's uh, the really exciting part of, of, of seeing these companies and the, the tremendous amount of skill and expertise and experience that they have in their own respective fields to meet that goal goal that you mentioned. And you know, this, um, I, I know a lot of people that, that listen to the podcast are just out there in, in, uh, on social media or you know just diesel enthusiasts. They're, they're concerned, they're worried, 
but there's so much tremendous potential that exists not just for you know the racing but for their daily drivers you know we've seen the racing side really jump leaps and bounds over three or four years five years with the power levels and and what's being done with them and that's exciting but then also you know we're not driving a race truck to and from work or to and from the construction site so how do these these new advancements help your daily driver and you know run as clean or cleaner than what they did factory and so i think that part of it is what's what's really exciting what's really sort of you know gives people hope out there um that do want to do things to their vehicle or want a little bit better performance in different ways and you know chatting with you as a racer and as a shop owner and an enthusiast is really helpful for for us and and our listeners to be able to see you know what's your experience been um you know what 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 do you envision? What are some ways that this isn't just like the end and now we just all drive stock trucks, but how can we work within the framework of emissions and, and what can be done and create an option, you know, for the, the racing community? So I, I know we'll definitely have to sit down again, you know, in the future and be able to talk about, you know, what was that roadmap? You know, we speculated about it before, but what is it now and, and, and how do we do it? So I definitely appreciate your time and your expertise and, and, you know, being a guest on the podcast and talking to us and, and sharing your experiences with us. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate you having me on and I think stuff like these podcasts where you can uh, really let the consumer understand it a little bit better is a big deal here at my shop, Ryan Cecil Repair. Ryan and I always go through the pros and the cons of any modification somebody wants to do. And I know none of us know what that roadmap is, so it's pretty exciting and nerve-wracking to kind of see where we're headed in the future. And I think uh, it's going to come more to separating the two from each other so they're not all all looped up into one as a daily driver or as a race vehicle. We appreciate your time, Trent, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you in the future. I'm sure some some really you know good things and and new things are going to be coming out here over the next few months and six months. And um, I know we're both excited for the future and, and what it provides and that separation that you talked about. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Don't forget, diesel fans. If you hear this podcast on YouTube, any of the podcast apps, or you see it on social media, make sure you subscribe or, or follow us. Where we've got a ton of episodes planned, a lot of really great information and, and hard, you know, kind of answers and, and experts in, in their respective fields to be able to answer the hundreds, if not thousands, of questions that we've gotten on social media. That you know, you guys want to know. You want to know about your trucks, what you can do to them, your race vehicles, what the future of racing looks like. So make sure that you subscribe. Till next time. Keep the shiny side up.